You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. This edition of It's My Money is brought to you by Brenthurst Wealth, your partner for global wealth creation. Welcome to It's My Money. It's My Money is brought to you by Brenthurst Wealth, and Brenthurst Wealth is South Africa's top boutique wealth manager. With me today from Brenthurst Wealth is Maria Smith. And Maria, you know what I like about the piece that you sent me is that you know, occasionally you get a little bit too caught up in what's going on in Turkey and what's going on in South Africa and the United States and Thailand and China and Russia and everywhere else. And you actually have to just say, OK, look at the history and look of asset classes and let's go back to basics and have a look at the asset classes that are available to you as an investor. And that's exactly what you've done. You've sent me a really good piece and it says here, sticking to the basics of investing, here is a quick review, you say, of asset classes. So thank you for doing that. Where do you want to start? With which asset class should we start? Yeah, so I think it's important for everybody just to understand exactly all the different asset classes and the different risks that are associated with each asset class as people just think, I'm going to invest in equities and after a year I'm going to withdraw my money and I'm going to have this big gain. And in most cases, that's not how equities work. So I think we can start with a list. From lowest risk to highest risk. Okay, lowest risk, of course. Keeping your money under yes. the mattress, which is the way I describe it, and that's being in cash and cash equivalents. What are the various options, Maria? Yes, so for cash, you can either put it in your savings accounts or um, a money market fund. A cash investment is highly liquid, so it's a perfect asset loss for, let's say, your emergency fund or if you're planning to go overseas in, say, the next year, it'll be a good asset class to put your money in a cash or a cash equivalent. You are not going to shoot the lights out with performance, but you are also not going to lose your capital over a short term as it is quite a safe investment. Yeah, exactly. And recently, of course, with interest rates going up worldwide, it's not as bad as it used to be during the times of, for example, about two, three years ago, when interest rates in certain developed world countries were close to zero. So yeah, it's not bad, but it's not ideal. Now we have to go on to something slightly riskier. And that is equities. And that's what people think about. I mean, whenever I do an interview, for example, a podcast, it's all to do with what's happening in the stock market, the equity market. What's your attitude towards equities? So equities is the higher risk, it's on the higher risk spectrum. So that is one of the biggest talking points at the moment because um, last year we had a year where most equities were down and now people are afraid to invest in equities because they are afraid that they might lose out if you look at the volatility that we had last year. But equities, no matter what type of um, risk investor you are, equities have a place in your investment. So equities represents ownership in a company. You can own it in different ways. So you can either own direct shares or you can own it um, in a fund that has a mandate to invest in equities. The other day, someone told me, I don't have equity exposure, but I am investing in ETFs. At the end of the day, most ETFs track the performance of certain equities. So you do still have equity exposure when you invest in, let's say, an ETF. 
Yeah. Um, an ETF, of course, is an exchange-traded fund which lumps a lot of equities together, whether it be a commodity ETF or a financial banking ETF or something like that. It's almost like a unit trust of the old days, isn't it, Maria? Yes, yes, that's correct. Um, so if you look at an equity, you can either get growth for an equity with capital appreciation or um, dividends. Now, equities, they are... Um, on the higher risk spectrum. So I think if it wasn't for volatility, more investors would put their money in the equity market where they can get bigger returns. But the other side is also true, and that is that equities can temporarily lose 20 to 30% of its value quickly. So if you do look at investing in equities, you have to have a long-term horizon of five years plus when investing in equities. I put in a nice graph that shows that not every year is a green year. So you're going to have years where your portfolio is in the red, but it's important to stick out those times and um, to get the gains over the long term. Quite right too. And the other thing is as well, I was talking to a, a commentator a couple of weeks ago and he said to me that, I don't want to sell my um, stake in this particular company on behalf of my clients because it will attract capital gains tax and therefore it will wipe out what we've made over the last couple of years. So you've also got to take that into account, the tax treatment of various asset classes, Maria. Yes, um, and that's also important to look at because if you look at having something like a money market or a cash investment, you're getting interest and that is also taxed. So on the little amount that you are getting in growth, you still have to pay income tax on that as well. Whereas with, say, an equity, if you get growth in an equity, you're either going to pay um, capital gains tax, or you're going to pay annually if the equity gives out a dividend, you're going to pay dividend tax on that. So um, no matter which asset class you go in, you're still going to need to pay tax as well. Yeah, it seems so unfair to me that you've made a, a decision or your financial advisor, Brent Hurst, for example, has made this decision on your behalf and it's done well, that you have to pay someone for your acumen, for your good decision. But anyway, that's another story. Let's go to something that is perceived to be a little bit safer than equities, but sometimes isn't. And we've probably seen that in the last um, two years or so. Fixed income, in other words, bonds. It's been a controversial and interesting asset class recently. So bonds are, when people think of bonds, they immediately also think that it is a safer investment. But a bond is a risk asset in terms of it is a debt instrument that is issued by either the government or corporation where they say, okay, we need this amount of money and we'll give you this interest rate if you um, put your money in our investment. So it's predictable in that if they stick to their terms, you will get a predictable income of, say, they say, we'll give you 9% um, per year on this bond. But governments and corporations can default on their bonds. So it is a little less volatile than equity, but it does still have risk to it. Yes, I mean, there was that whole uh, Michael Milken junk bond crisis, I think it was the 80s, 
and maybe my time scale is, is wrong here. But anyway, the point is that you really have to stick to high quality bonds. I mean, even the United States of America occasionally has a little bit of a wobble and people say, well, we're going to default on our bonds. Well, that's not going to happen. We've seen it recently, for example. So if you're going to be in bonds, then I would say, this is my view, not Brentos Wealth Street, stick to high quality corporates and high quality government bonds. What about alternative investments, Maria? Because this is one. I mean, you say commodities and real estate. I'm looking at cryptocurrencies as well, because that's suddenly become fashionable and unfashionable in equal measures over the last few years. So you can do it. Take a small portion, put it in a commodity fund or even a currency fund or a crypto fund. What is your attitude towards that? So the last one that you then get is the alternative investment. So that is something that, that you won't probably get at most financial advisory offices as it is not as regulated like cryptocurrency and peer-to-peer -peer investing. It's a lot more risk as it is not so regulated. Yes. So you can get really high rewards if you invest at the right time. But there is no fixed pattern yet as it is with equities and with cash investments. So it's a lot more difficult for a financial advisor to actually recommend that to a client as the risk involved in it is just too high. The other thing then, which is also a very popular one, especially now with the uncertainty in the market, is commodities. Yes. Um, people like especially now when markets are volatile, people say, let me go into gold. Let me buy a safe haven and buy gold. So gold is, or a commodity is uh, negatively correlated to equities. So when the equity markets are doing well, most of the time gold is just going sideways. It's not outperforming. And the inverse is then also true. When Things are going really bad in the markets. People want to have a safe haven and then they buy gold. Um, the last one and um, which you can invest in is then a real estate investment. Now, in South Africa, real estate is a difficult subject to have as we have such a lot of taxes and um, a high interest rate if you want to buy, say, a property to pay off that property. It's a lot more expensive than what it used to be in the past. So um, a property is a nice to have. If you are renting it out and you're getting an income from that, you can hedge that against inflation, but you then also have a lot of risks towards property as if you get tenants in most of the time in South Africa, the tenant has more rights than the landlord. So that's also a risk if you invest your capital in, say, real estate. Yeah, I've always thought of that. When I think of real estate investments, I mean, apart from the REITs on the JSE, uh, the Real Estate Investment Trust, I think of buying a second house or buying a flat or something and renting it out to people. I can't think of anything worse. It doesn't matter how well you vet these people. In other words, you know, you go through their history and, uh, you know, the fact they haven't got a criminal record or anything like that. The fact is that tenants always cause trouble. In my experience, again, that's not Brent Hurstwell's opinion. So real estate uh, can be awkward. So what's your message here, Maria, when you have a look at all those 
different asset classes. Is it all to do with your risk profile and how old you are, what your expectations are, when you have a look at the mix and you say, okay, I've got a 100 rand and my 100 rand should be put into this chunk, 60% equities, 30% this, etc. Is that what you do? Is that how you assess it? Yes. Yes. So that is the important part of this is to say, you know what, you cannot unfairly criticize a equity portfolio after one year if it didn't perform, say, the same as a money market investment as they are differently correlated and you need both of them in your portfolio. And it's important if you want to buffer yourself against market volatility to also keep in mind that your portfolio might not perform as well as, say, equity portfolio over a five or a 10-year period. So, Getting your asset class allocation correct is just as important as any other factor in your decision making of where you want to invest and how you want to invest. So before you put your money in, say, a long term investment like an equity, ensure that you have an emergency fund in cash ready so that you do not have to draw your equity funds when the markets are turning against you. Great advice, Maria. Thank you very much for your time. That's Maria Smith from Brenthurst Wealth. And that was It's My Money. It's My Money was brought to you by Brenthurst Wealth, an award-winning boutique wealth management company.